Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. So as we run the race, very often Satan lays out a trap for us. He knows our weaknesses. And sometimes that trap is like a spider web. And as I'm running, Satan puts it there. I know to go around it, but I go right into it. I get deceived. I give in to that sin. Pretty soon I'm entangled. I can't move. You know what it's like to be caught up in a sin, right? You know, that one thing that you just can't seem to let go of? It's terribly frustrating. You feel like a failure, like a second-class Christian. The voice of your enemy tells you that you're never going to overcome that sin. If you were better at obeying God, you'd have beaten it, and on it goes. Well, Pastor Mark, in his teaching today, will remind you that the life of a Christ follower is a marathon and that the success is in letting God help you to overcome. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Hebrews chapter 12 as he continues his message, The Race of Faith. The Bible calls our life on earth a race. The writer to the Hebrews is talking to these converts. They're running the race. They left Judaism. They become born-again believers. They're being persecuted, and they're thinking of quitting the race. So this letter was a great letter of encouragement. Turn to Hebrews chapter 12, 1. Remember what it said? Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. To run a race, there's some preparation. There's some conditioning. Three major keys in these two verses. Number one, would a run without weights? We talked to you about a weight, just a reminder. In this bag. If we loaded this with all kinds of things and just made it heavy and tried to run, it would be a very difficult thing. So sometimes we just have to look at our life and realize there's some things that shouldn't be in our life. A weight isn't a sin. It's just something that slows me down. It hinders. Now, one of the things that's very interesting about this passage is, first thing I have to do is identify the weight. And second, I have to strip it off. You can't strip it off for me. That's my, if you've traveled around the world, the best way to travel is light. And if you ever have traveled much to Europe, to Asia, to other places, you will discover 
The next trip, you never pack more than you did the first time. You always pack less because it's been a pain to travel. Well, this is exactly right. We talked about five keys. Don't write them down. You won't have a chance. The weight of too much stuff. It's not a sin, but it sometimes just impedes me. I'm thinking of stuff rather than eternal things. Second, this is a big one for all of us. The weight of the good and not the best. You see, Paul said, everything is lawful for me, but some things are not expedient. In other words, there's some good things in my life, but I want the best. As I get older, I want the best. I want to know the best. Number three, the weight of fear and worry. If I'm filled with fear and worry, I'll never run the race with any kind of efficiency. Number four, the weight of the past. Remember we told you last week, you can't run by looking at the past. Well, if I'd only done this. Or sometimes we look at the past, our successes. I remember when God used me here and he did this really great thing over here. And one of the areas that's a weight can be unforgiveness. If you have unforgiveness, identify it, pull it out of your bag. Give it to God. Let it go. You can't run the race with unforgiveness. And the last one. We see this a lot in the church, sorry to say. The weight of apathy and good intentions. I mean to do it. I wanted to do it. I have a vision to do it. Some of you may sit here, man, Pastor Mark, was that incredible to hear about China? You mean I could just go for a few months and learn and see those people and see what God would do? I'm really going to pray about it. In the fall, I've been invited to speak at a Calvary Chapel Asian conference in Hong Kong. I mentioned that in September, and you go, oh, man, I forgot about, who was that guy? Brick Wood, what was his name? Somebody like that, and he was here. I never thought about it again. See, good intention, but no follow-through. There has to be follow-through. So the first thing I have to do is I have to look at my life and see if there's anything that's not sin, It's anything that's just a weight in my life. By the way, some of you, it could be a relationship. You're just going to have to let go. There's many more weights. You have to identify them. God will help you. Number two, look at this verse again. Hebrews 12, then let us strip off every weight that slows us down. Then notice, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. So, number one, I have to run without weights. Number two, I have to run without sin. Now, again, same thing. I have to identify the sin, but the one that really identifies that sin is the Holy Spirit. Let's talk about this for a moment. There's three really types of sin that I feel are alluded to in this verse. Number one, Sin in any form, any kind of sin that we see in the Bible. Romans 6.16 says, don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, 
which leads to death. Or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Sin in any form, lying, cheating, whatever. The Bible's filled with specific sins. Sin in any form can enslave me, can entangle me, can distract me, and certainly it will keep me from running the race. Now, when you became a believer, your spirit was totally changed. But I'm left with the old balmer, the old sin nature. You have it. We have a sin nature that wants to rule. You remember back in Genesis, it said sin is crouching at your door. It's ready to take advantage of us. So as we run the race, very often, Satan lays out a trap for us. He knows our weaknesses. And sometimes that trap is like a spider web. And as I'm running, Satan puts it there. I know to go around it, but I go right into it. I get deceived. I give in to that sin. Pretty soon, I'm entangled. I can't move forward. Now, one of the things you wouldn't want to do, you see it with animals all the time. They get caught, bugs, whatever. You can wiggle all you want to get out of this. Moses. He ends up killing an Egyptian. The next thing he does, he tries to hide his sin. That should remind you of the Garden of Eden. The men in Adam and Eve sinned, what did they do? They ran. They tried to hide from who? From God. We're stupid, aren't we? You can't hide from God. So when we sin, I'm talking about three sins. What do you want to do? You don't want to try to wiggle out of it. You don't want to try to make an excuse about it. What do you want to do? Number one, admit it. Don't deny the sin. I can't be forgiven of something I won't admit. So simply admit it. And as I do that, I confess it. And then I can't get out of that. But the sword of the spirit can cut me right out of the world. And then I'm free to do what again? Go forward. First sin is general sin, any kind of general sin. Number two, the sin that I, well, the one I personally struggle with. No one in this room would like to uh, take the next 45 minutes and we just go row by row. Ask you to stand and tell us the sin you personally struggle with more than any others. You say, well, I I don't really have one. Well, then lying is probably your (laughs) sin. Because you do. What comes to your mind immediately? You already know what it is. And so that's kind of really the illusion in this passage. The sin that I struggle with. What sin really entangles you? I'll just mention a few. Sensuality, evil, envy, greed, pride, gossip, criticism, laziness, legalism, lust. Did I hit it? 
doesn't matter if I did or not. You already know what it is. And so what do I have to do? I identify it. I watch out for the potholes. As I'm running forward, I watch for the potholes. David, on that balcony, should have seen the spider web coming. You are adults in this room. Men are visual. Sexuality is a very difficult thing for men because we're stimulated visually. Women more emotionally and with stories. Well, if that's an area, you have to be careful. You identify it. You know it's there. God can give us victory over it. He does, but we have to be smart. So notice what the scripture says. Let us strip off every sin. Strip it off. Get rid of it. You say, well, I did, but it came back. Yes, it will come back. You remember Jesus when he was in the wilderness, his, after his baptism and being filled with the Spirit. It says the Holy Spirit took him to the wilderness, and he was tempted for 40 days and 40 nights. He overcame all of that. Satan was looking for the weak spot, wasn't he? He went through that. And then it said Satan left. Not for good, but what? Until a more convenient time. You see, the Bible says we have an enemy who's like a lion, and he seeks to devour. That's his goal. You and I have to be alert to it. So be careful. Be aware of the sin. Put up some safeguards, whatever they are. If you're a critical person, and you're always downing people, Tearing down people. The Bible says, think on those things that are good and kind and lovely. You say, I don't have any friends. I can tell you why you don't have any friends. Because you always tear them down. So I have to strip that off. I can help you identify it. But really, the person that's going to help you identify that is God. And the one that's going to give you the victory is the same one that helps you identify it. It's God. Remember, David said in the Old Testament, God searched me. Know my heart. If there's any wicked thing in me, take care of it, God. Third, this is huge. First is the sin of general way that I have to get rid of. Second, it's the sin that I personally struggle with. This may be the whole premise in an expositional way of what the sin was. It could be the sin of unbelief. You see... The last two chapters have been about faith. These converts from Judaism to Christianity in this little city in Italy, they're wondering, did I make the right choice? Is Jesus better or is he not better? And so these Hebrews, what was the biggest sin that would be in front of them? Well, it was their own old way of worship. What was their old way of worship? Legalism. Dead works. Not believing that Jesus was better than the old covenant. That's what we spent all these chapters to get into. Remember? Better, 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 better. But here they're in front of persecution. Could it be that it was a sin of unbelief? In other words, let's just go back under legalism. 
We don't have any problems there. Nobody's going to hassle us in the government. Our old friends aren't going to make it fun anymore. Let's just go back under the law. But see, if you do that, Galatians 5.17 says this. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you're not free to carry out your good intentions, or you're not free to run the race as God wants you. So what do I do? What's the result of that? The answer to that problem in verse 17 is verse 16. Notice. So I say, let the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. So how do I do this? How do I set that aside? Simply this. Ask yourself, God, what is the sin in my life that I need to remove, that I need to get rid of? Is it just general sin that, as 1 Corinthians 3 says, you're kind of a carnal Christian? There's not much happening. Is it the sin that you personally struggle with? And yesterday you said to God, I won't do that again, but you did? Is it the sin of unbelief? It could be that you sit here and go, China, wow, that's terrific, but, I mean, God could never use me there. Well, he used a 70-year-old lady by herself, and she equipped those, and as Wood told us, look at the ripples of that. You see, remember, we're studying the book of Hebrews. What did it say in the book of Hebrews? Without faith... God can't be pleased. So we have to have faith. So who does this? Well, 1 Corinthians 11, and I'm using these verses, we're not turning there just because of time. 1 Corinthians 11 says this, but if we would examine ourselves, if we'd examine ourselves, we would not be judged by God in this way. So you have a conscience. It's sensitive to the things of the Word of God. When the Holy Spirit convicts us, we're simply to repent and receive God's forgiveness. And as I do that, I've stripped off that sin, I've gotten rid of the weight, and now we come to the third part. Take a look at verse 12, Hebrews 12. One again, you're right there, you've turned to it. And let us run with endurance or perseverance, the race God has set before us. Notice all the us's, let us, we, what is that? That's family. Every one of us have a race that God set for us. Now, there are two things to run without, run without sin, run without weights. But then we're to run with something. What is that something? Here's your third key. We are number three, to run with endurance. Say it with me. Endurance. It even sounds terrible, doesn't it? Endurance. Remember we talked about luggage. Lug, lug, luggage. Endurance. Perseverance. Amazingly, the word race in the original language, it means a contest, an effort. A conflict, a fight. 
Do you know we have an English word that comes from this word race? It's called agony. Some of you go, praise God, I knew it. <laughs> Exercise, agony, praise God. How many of you feel that way? Show them. Come on, come on. Typically, you've married somebody that loves to exercise and you hate it. How many is that's true in your family right now? Let's see it. Good. We'll pray for you. Let's just pray for those families right now. Because that's always what? That's always a little friction, isn't it? Let's go running. I don't want to run. You need to run. I don't want to run. You already know what I'm talking about, don't you? Agony. Well, the race is an agony, but you're going to see it's also a great joy. Jesus is going to be that example. Life is filled with difficulties. It's simply a battle. There are real hurts. There are real dangers. There is a real enemy, Satan. You and I have three enemies that want simply to say to us, make the race ineffective. You're kind of carnal. The things of God aren't important to you, so you have all these, not sins, but you just fill with these weights. Or the enemy says to you, just quit it, would you? Just, just simply quit it. Now, there's three enemies against us. You don't need to write this down. You know them. The devil, our flesh, and of course, the world, that world system. God will give us the strength. I've been teaching the word since I was 19, so I've been teaching the word Many, many, many years, 45 years almost. What have I seen in the church? What I've seen in the church is lots of sprinters and lots of false starts. Oh, I have seen people run with endurance, but so many people started the Christian race and they got sidetracked, lack of perseverance. Lack of endurance. Something that the enemy took that was very small and blew up. Let me ask you a question. How many of you in this room personally know someone who started the race as a Christ follower, but they're not even in the race? They're not even in church. They don't even claim to be a Christian. They're not even following Christ. How, How many know somebody like that? Raise your hand. Now, why is that? This verse tells us. In this bag was a weight, was a sin, and it made them not be able to run the race. Why? There was no endurance. It was too heavy. Satan came. And you probably can't, I'm sure there's some, but you probably can't tell me too many things that I haven't seen my whole life. Remember, my dad was a pastor. My grandpa was a pastor. I've been in this my whole life. There's not many things you can bring to me and say, well, this is why this person did it. It probably wouldn't surprise me. I've seen the most bizarre things that have sidelined people. If you went through your neighborhood and asked people why they stopped running the race, you'd be shocked at some of their answers. You know what I like to do with those people? Obviously, I can't. I can't change them. I'd like to take them to China. I'd like to take them to India. I'd like to take them to Burma and see 100,000 people that have died that are living on a little rice and water. 
In his teaching today, Pastor Mark reminded you that even though you'd like to run the Christian race without any hindrances, they exist. The task you have is to figure out what those distractions are and get rid of them. He said that this shucking off of these weights is your job. God can only help you get free from them if you're willing to throw them aside. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Next time, Pastor Mark will close out his teaching, The Race of Faith. He'll be talking about the challenges facing the believers that the book of Hebrews was written to. He'll tell you about the discouragement that you can feel when times get tough and pressures build to discard your faith. You'll be warned against giving in to the sin of unbelief, which can wreck your walk with Jesus. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through the book of Hebrews. That's next time on Lessons for Living.